And we're gonna be talking about that race this morning from Hebrews 12, one. So you can go ahead and turn in your Bibles there. And while you're turning there, one of my favorite ministries here is your SWAT, your Seniors with a Testimony. It just always encourages me to be shoulder to shoulder with that group. Um, we spent about a year, year and a half here in Shelby about a year ago. So our story real quick is uh, first eight years of our lives, we were in Maui, Hawaii at the church that discipled my bride, Nicole. She came to know the Lord at 14 at a summer camp out in Kanai, Hawaii. And after that, God had called us to step into One Love full time. So we felt like if we spend about a year in North Carolina to get One Love rolling, that would be a healthy step. So we spent that year and uh, learned a lot and, and saw God do a lot of stuff. And it ended up being about a year and a half. And even that One Love anthem that y'all heard this morning um, was the product of going to Nashville during that time. We got to travel all around. And then God brought us back to Maui. A church um, called us back there. And I'm now the Life Group's pastor. And Nicole and I work shoulder to shoulder with One Love. But all that to say, it's amazing, this journey of, of running the race that God's called us to. And the seniors, Jim and Bev Barr, um, Joy and Carl Frizee, different ones, are so encouraging to us. Jim and Bev actually came out to Maui a few months ago and were able to worship with us at our church and pray for us. And they've just been so encouraging to be spending time with people where One Love started here, but then has grown so much in Hawaii and different places as well. So I love being shoulder to shoulder with y'all. And this morning, Chuck Helmus was coming out of the warehouse after praying, and there was a rainbow in the sky above him. Who saw that rainbow this morning? Anybody? Yes, it was a beautiful rainbow. I got a picture just to prove it was there. And I was talking about it and showing it off to the SWAT group and uh, had a picture of Chuck Helmus in the rainbow. They said, why'd you have to go and ruin a perfectly good rainbow? <laughs> but, but I took a picture of it with Nicole as well to keep it all beautiful. But uh, what was cool with that rainbow is there was a guy that couldn't see the rainbow, even though he was looking. And then we finally pointed it to him and he said, you weren't looking high. Uh, he said, oh, I wasn't looking high enough. I didn't see it. I wasn't looking high enough. And as a 17-year-old boy taking notes during sermons, um, my high school and, and through college, 17, 18, I remember looking up and seeing some words written on this wall back here. Anybody remember what that was? It said, growing to be a part of something greater than ourselves. Okay, that when it was still Putnam Baptist Church, those words were on the wall, growing to be a part of something greater than ourselves. And wow, from, from Putnam, now called Pleasant City Church, we've seen church plants happen of Hope of Element Church and Forest City and then Hope Community Church. And by God's grace, my wife and I have gotten to share in all three of the, these churches that God's used Putnam in so many ways. And we're, we're here seeing my mom and dad and um, seeing my brother and family, but just to worship shoulder to shoulder on Team Jesus is refreshing. Aren't we all Team Jesus? Amen. Team Jesus, as we run the race, he's called us to run. So if you're able, out of respect for God's word, would you stand with me? And we're going to look at Hebrews 12, 1. And just a reminder of what's going on in the context of Hebrews. The early church, this is within 100 years of Jesus dying, bur being buried, and rising again. You know, we tell time based on Jesus' birthday, right? It's 2018 because of Jesus, whether you call it common era or AD, it's still telling time because of Jesus. And these Christians had joyfully accepted the plundering of their homes. 
You know, they were being persecuted. It wasn't easy to be a follower of Jesus. It was much more than lip service to say you were a follower of Jesus. You, Jesus was all you had when you said that. All right, so all that to say, let's uh, hear from, from the Lord this morning through Hebrews 12.1. Let's read it together on three. One, two, three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race barked out that is set before us. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that it doesn't return void. I pray that we'd be willing to change however you call us to change this morning, God. Thank you for the growth that's taken place, the, the changes that have been made, and all the amazing ways you're using Pleasant City Church to make your name famous here in Cleveland County and to the end of the earth. We pray that today you'd help us run the race that you've called us to run. So let us hear from you. Let people not see me up here. Let them look past me, look higher, and see you, the creator of this world. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So today... It's a four-point um, message, R-A-C-E. And the first is run your race, okay? Everybody say, run your race. Run your race. I've always loved the way Pastor Brian does the, the intro. I don't normally do this, but I wanted to on y'all's handout. Okay, so uh, introduction, if we can get this up on the screen. Each of us have different gifts, callings, and effects, and that quote is from a pastor of ours, Pastor Paul Kaneshiro, that I was able to work with for eight years at the church that discipled Nicole when she came to know the Lord. And he's quoted on the, the handout as well. Each of us have different gifts, callings, and effects. Just as each hero of the faith in Hebrews 11 lived a very different story, our individual obedience will look radically different as we live the one love of Jesus with our lives. Okay. Each of our lives is this story that God's writing, all right? And may we each be encouraged to take a step of faith today to follow the Most High on the race he has set before us, okay? Each of us have a different story in our lives. I look around this room and I'm reminded of different, um, honestly, suffering and struggles that I've seen some of y'all walk through, all right? And then also the encouragement, different, different ones, the way y'all have influenced our lives. Um, that year, year and a half, we were here Sunday nights at John and Ginger's with couples with young kids um, was such an amazing connection group for us. And now as the life groups pastor at Waipuna Chapel, we talk about all the time, life change happens in life groups. And whatever you call it, uh, connection group, community group, or life group, it's about living the life of Jesus. Amen. And as we're shoulder to shoulder with each other, we're able to learn from the lives of those who have already been through stuff before us. You know, for us, we had had two kids at the time, um, Caleb and Paul, and our second son was quite the handful at the time. So it was amazing. I remember Crystal Glisson bringing us a meal. I think she was pregnant with their fourth. <laughs> and we show up jet lagged and the older one was sick and she showed up with a, a great dinner for us. <laughs> and it was like, wow, you're... You're on your feet, you're surviving, and you have three kids and one on the way. And just doing life together in community encourages us. We learn from the lives of those around us. In Hebrews 11, we see lives of so many different people. You know, you see Abraham, who was called to go and grow, okay? And not just Abraham, because um, Abraham's the father of many nations. There's a team there. Who is his team? 
Abraham and Sarah, okay? I think she's kind of the real hero there with having the children, okay? Because he's the father of many nations. And there's, there's many people that have come after him. And now we're able to follow Jesus because of the faith of Abraham and Sarah together. All right? You look at the story of Rahab in Hebrews 11. You know, she, was, she didn't go and grow. She stayed and obeyed and was faithful to follow God and, and show hospitality and care for God's people at the time. All right, you look at Noah. I've got a nephew named Noah. And as we're reminded of different gifts, callings, and effects we all have, the life of Noah in the Bible is very unique. Okay, how many of y'all are gonna go build an ark in your backyard today? Okay, sinners. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're, we're not called to, to do that. That was Noah's gifts and callings and effects on his life. And honestly, by church growth statistics and metrics, he wasn't necessarily successful. It was only his family that got on the boat, right? And he was preaching for years and years in a place where it never rained and building this ark. And they thought he was crazy. But sometimes running the race means ignoring the advice of well-intentioned people, all right, and following God's higher calling that he's put on our lives. So we're all called to run this very unique race, whether it's to go and grow or stay and obey. We're called to follow Jesus and run the race he has set before us. So everybody, again, say, run your race. Okay, to, to help us remember this, I want everybody to show me a shoe. Show me a shoe. Yes, right on. Okay, I love that quick obedience back there. Right on, Dennis. Thank you. Okay, everybody, show me a shoe if you're able. All right? As we look around the room and see all these different shoes, and we're reminded to run a race. God's called us to run. Could you imagine trying to run a race in the shoe of somebody else? Okay. One, it's good to think about that sometimes, what what their life is like and what shoes they're wearing. But it's also important to realize that God made you you. Amen? Okay, you're not called to wear these shoes. Um, Somebody here has a skateboard, okay? Let's see the skateboard be held up. There we go. Okay, you're not all called to go skateboard after the service, right? And that would be a lot cooler if you did, (laughs) okay? But we're all called to run a unique race, okay? And just like thumbprints and snowflakes, God has made us all unique, okay? And we need to, to be ourselves to the glory of God. Okay, the person that he's called us to be as we're transformed by the Holy Spirit to be more like him. He's made us to with certain gifts and callings and effects. And it's really at the end of the day, we're not standing before our mom and dad or standing before our neighbor. Um, We're standing before or or standing before a mirror to give an account of our lives. We're standing before God one on one to give an account for the race that we've we've run. So let's run the race. Let's, let's set out to win the race as followers of Jesus. Next, we're called to do that with awe for God. Everybody say awe. Okay, what word does awe sound like? Awesome. Okay, it's amazement. I love, I'm really encouraged by Hebrews chapter uh, 12, um, verse 28. Hebrews chapter 12, 28, where it says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with awe. Okay, that there's, there's called to be awe that we show as we follow God. Reverence and awe. You know, this past year, we lived 30 minutes from our oldest son, Caleb's school. 
So that ride to school with him was a cool time to build the relationship with Caleb. And sometimes we'd have the other kids in. We'd listen to this song called The God of Wow. Okay, who's heard the song The God of Wow? Okay, it's great words. It talks about you're the God of wow, amazing. How can this be? You're the God of woe, more than I could ever see. Okay, and there's an amazement there. One of these particular days, I was driving along and stressed by the duties of the day. Okay, I was thinking about the checklist of all these things I had to get done and, uh, you know, honestly anxious and troubled by many things that were going on. And I look back and Caleb's in the back seat just smiling. All right, he's just smiling. And I said, why are you smiling, buddy? And he, he, he pointed at the sunrise that was there with like the, the sun still hitting the leaves. I can still see it. Um, it was really an amazing picture out the window as I was driving. I didn't look too long. But uh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> Not too long. But I was driving. I look back. Why are you smiling, buddy? And uh, he said something to the effect of God made that sunrise. Okay. And it was just this cool moment where he's, he got it right for sure as the five-year-old at the time. And he used to say when he was three, he'd say, look at the beautiful sunset. <laughs> the beautiful sunset. And there, there should be an awe and amazement at God. All right, Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8, we see this calling from, from, for uh, the prophet Isaiah. And actually, several years ago, I was able to share that message and preach about that here. But the cherubim and seraphim, these huge angelic creatures, were flapping their wings and calling out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I don't know about you, but that terrifies me. I mean, could you imagine huge angels flapping their wings around this room and just saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I mean, would that freak you out a little bit? But we're called to have this awe, this just amazement, like a child. We're supposed to be at peace and at rest with awe for God as we run the race. Okay, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, since we've got people in the past that have followed God and been faithful, since we've got people in the present that we can be shoulder to shoulder with in connect groups, okay, looking around the room, since there's a cloud of witnesses here, let's run the race with perseverance that's set before us. Okay, let's look to Jesus. And when we look to Jesus, there should be some awe. You know, there should be some trembling and amazement at this lion who is also this lamb that loves us so much. Awe for God, amazement. What's that look like for you, Pleasant City Church? What does it look like for you to have a little more awe, to be a little bit more impressed, to say wow for the work that God has done? You know, praise God that we get to come and go a little bit. And um, I know as a parent, I don't get to see my children grow. I can measure them growing. I can see it on the wall. We just learned that from a recent sermon from our pastor, Sean Waite, in Maui, that uh, spiritual fruit is like regular fruit in that you don't actually see it growing, but you can measure it. You can see when you're a little more patient, a little more loving, a little bit more joyful. All right, but going to Maui and coming back and just seeing the changes that are taking place, we need to be looking around and saying, you know, to God be the glory, great things he has done and great things he's doing through y'all, Pleasant City. Amen. Okay, so let's have that awe for God a little bit more. And I'd encourage you, back at the iDesk, we have some connection group discussion questions. And yesterday I got to sit with my dad, um, my wife and my mom went garage sailing. If you know my mom, that's a huge surprise. 
It's okay, but she was garage sailing. She loves to garage sale. And we got to hang out with the kids and talk through these questions. You know, we knew what they were going to be yesterday. But you can grab these, and there's seven questions to discuss with your family, with your friends. You know, maybe today around the lunch table or dinner or with your connect group this week. Make this count. You know, what gifts and callings and effects has God given you? Because not, we shouldn't be narcissistic and focused totally on ourselves and just looking in the mirror. But it is important that we realize who God's made us to be. And as we have more awe for God, we're going to have a healthier view of who God's made us to be. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Okay, so we realize who God's made us to be. And then we can use those gifts God didn't give us gifts to be greedy with, amen? (laughs) And we can use those to serve him. And if you want to know more about those gifts, you can look at 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. Those are different places to discover who God's made you to be. All right, so we run the race with awe for God, and then the C is confess your sins. Confess. Why Mudgufu is on your handout. And uh, that means when you mess up, don't give up. Fess up. Amen. Some of you have been listening to Pastor Gary. I like it. I like it. When you mess up, don't give up. Fess up. Everybody say that together. One, two, three. When you mess up, don't give up. Fess up. All right. I love how awake and into this y'all are. It's it's exciting. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. God offers to make us new. Okay, that song really struck me. That second song we sung this morning, I'd never heard it before. And we sang, holy, 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 right in the middle of that song. And it was powerful. And yet right before that, the words were, for every sin you overcome. And it's amazing that somebody like Rahab who is in the hall of faith, someone who was known as a prostitute at the time, who if she walked into this room, Um, some of us would feel uncomfortable, all right? And yet you look at the life of Jesus and he's all about setting sinners free from their sins to making us new. We're not Christians because we're perfect and have it all together, amen? We don't don't come as steeple people, okay? The, The cookie cutters, we have this all together. We come because we're broken and we need a savior, Amen? And this book, Move Toward the Mess, has encouraged me a lot. And it talks about how Jesus was never worried about guilt by association. You know, he wasn't popular with the religious people at the time. He was called a friend of sinners. He was called a a drunkard and a glutton even. Right? And he was radically holy and also radically present with those who were currently struggling with sin. So... That gives the invitation for us to confess our sins to God, to come to him with our mess and be made radically different through a right relationship with him. All right. I've heard that in Africa, they use a piece of wood. And this was the coolest piece of wood I could think of. All right. And they use this piece of wood and make a box. And in that box, they have a banana. All right. And they've got monkeys in Africa and monkeys love bananas. Right. And I've I've heard this story from my friend in Ohio who does a ministry with heroin addicts. And he regularly will have addicts in his church and spend time with those who are, you know, stuck holding on to some of these things that they think will satisfy them. So anyway, in Africa, they've got this piece of wood and they cut a hole 
just big enough for a monkey's hand to reach into. All right, and when the monkey reaches in to grab the banana, the hole does not allow his hand to come back out. Okay, as long as he's holding onto the banana, he's held back from pulling his hand out and being free. All right, that thing he thinks will satisfy him ultimately ensnares him and traps him. So they regularly say, drop the banana. Everybody say, drop the banana. Okay, what's the banana? What's the sin that clings so closely that you need to throw off this week? You know, for me, often it's that fear of people. You know, I want to be liked more than I really love others and want to love others. Uh, I, I want to be loved more than I even love others, which can be a really dangerous place to be. It's also called fear of man. Okay, that I struggle with people pleasing rather than just pleasing God and letting the cards fall where they fall. You know, God's the one in control. Okay, and especially middle school, high school, I struggled with pornography for seasons of my life. All right, and I, I know there's other guys in this room that struggle with that and girls. All right, and God invites us to be free. You know, he doesn't want us to be the monkey grabbing the banana thinking it'll satisfy our souls and stuck in our sin. He wants us to throw it aside so we can run toward him. It's like carrying a backpack full of bricks. And I remember that guilt and shame, you know, and looking at, we had a computer, it was in our family room. We got my parents read Focus on the Family and did it the right way. But I still was sucked in and struggled with that sin. And I remember the guilt and shame and oppression that that brought for me. It was like carrying a backpack full of bricks. But what's amazing is to be set free from that. You know, by God's grace, it's been, I think maybe in college, you know, one, I don't know exactly, but not since I've been married, by God's grace. All right, and to be free in that and have a, a blessed relationship with my wife is so much better than those saltwater substitutes of the world that we just keep drinking and drinking and it never satisfies us. So I invite you, Pleasant City Church, be set free today. You know, don't be a slave to your sin. Be a slave to Jesus. Be free in him. So confess your sins. Everybody say confess. And the best is that when we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. Okay, when we say he's the boss and believe that with our hearts, we're born again. Okay, we're saved. We're made new creations in him. And then we're set free to run the race and change the world God's, the way that God's called us to change the world. You know, my brother's got a heart for adoption. And praise God, a couple weeks ago, we were able to celebrate the adoption of the very first foster child that they ever had. All right, his name's Isaiah, and we met him a few days after he was born. He, they, brought them into, they brought him into their home and did life with him, took care of him, provided for him. And legally on paper now, we had a party because he's now their son, officially. All right, and that's part of the race he's called to run. All right, and fostering a heart for adoption can see great things happen in Cleveland County and around the world. You know, our pastor, um, Sean, wait, he came to know the Lord. He was a chef and he uses that as his ministry, you know, cooking food <laughs> and being a blessing to those around him. You know, what is your unique gift and calling God's put on your life? Because we not only have to confess our sins and our actions, sins of commission, we're called to confess those things that we fail to do, our sins of omission. You know, some of you, God's got a calling on your life that's so clear, but you're ignoring it, possibly choosing to follow your fear instead of following God in faith. 
What's that unique calling God's called you to? When you mess up, don't give up, fess up. I'm not trying to add any guilt and shame to your life, but this quote is definitely convicting to me that most people die in their 20s and are buried in their 70s. Okay, and that's on your handout. But most people die in their 20s and are buried in their 70s. But when we throw off these sins that easily entangle us, whatever it is, and follow God, we get to see God do amazing things. You know, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. So run your race with awe for God. What was the C? Confess your sins. And last is endure. And the secret to enduring is having your eyes on Jesus, as we see in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Throw off the sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. That is Growing to be part of something greater than ourselves. That's looking to someone greater than ourselves. Looking to Jesus. Looking to him. I invited my bride to share with you her story of when she first set her eyes on Jesus. So I've been so encouraged to be shoulder to shoulder with my wife, Nicole. Um, so thankful God brought this Maui girl to South Carolina um, where we met at North Greenville and let us get married here in Shelby. But when she was in summer camp at 14 years old, she set her eyes on Jesus. And I think that'll encourage us to endure with our eyes on Jesus. Yes, Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And that's the mm -hmm. verse that the Lord really used to get hold of my heart. Amen. Long story short, <clears throat> I was raised in a very broken family. And so from a very young age, as the oldest and only girl, I was propelled into a life of responsibility. So there was a lot of weight on my shoulders as a young child. And that followed me through my adolescence, my teenage years. And so by the time I was in high school, I knew that I wanted my life to be something different. There was something wrong. There was something more that I was missing. There was an emptiness that I couldn't quite describe, but I just knew it was there. And so finally... Um, when I met Jesus at a youth summer camp and heard Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth, those questions, that unsettledness was really stilled in my heart. We're going to fast forward several years. I was called into missions when I was in college, and I remember sitting in a room very similar to this one, and the speaker was giving a message about yielding to the Lord, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Nicole, say yes. And because of my upbringing, because of my background, I was like, yes to what? Yes to why? Yes to how? I need to know these things, Lord. What am I saying yes to? And it was, say yes. Say yes. And so finally, after probably about 45 minutes of wrestling with the Lord, I said, okay, yes. <laughs> And I thought at that point, God was going to take me to the outermost. I, was a, I wanted to be a missionary to people far, far away. But instead, I got married, and God brought me right back to Maui, Hawaii. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but he reminded me, Nicole, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Mm -hmm. Remember, you told me yes. Another fast forward several years 
into marriage, and now we have three children. We take them to the skate park with us where we do our ministry, and our six- and four-year-old have helmets and pads, and they go out, and I just let them do their thing with daddy, but I got the baby with me, and he wants to do whatever his brothers do. So he will stand on skateboards on downhills and not, like, fearless, okay? And we've got skateboarders around us that I'll smile and laugh at him, but I noticed that when I look in their eyes, their smiles don't quite reach it. They have that emptiness that I had before I knew Jesus. And that's why we do what we do with One Love Skate, because we want to teach people to set their mind on things above and not on earthly things. Amen. And so this morning, we want to teach you a way that we teach our kids and everyone we have the opportunity to about the one love of Jesus. All right. So it may seem elementary, but if you understand it super well and it's just easy for you, then you should teach it to someone else. Amen. <laughs> so will you teach us how to do the hand motions? Each just background, the, all of our boards have 1 John 4, 9 on them. So the logo that's on that screen that Pastor Jonathan made look so awesome today. Um, it's got 1 John 4, 9 and it says one love. And even when that's underneath the wheels, it's the one love of Jesus is always there even when we can't see it. Amen. So that's, this is the message of the one love of Jesus that's on all the boards and that all of us, whether we skateboard or not, are called to share with our lives. That's right. Okay, so will you teach us how to do 1 John 4, 9? Sure, I'm going to need some audience participation. So hold your hands out like you're holding a Bible. This is how we teach our children and, and other people's children. <laughs> so 1 John 4, 9. 1 John 4, 9. This is how God. This is how God. Showed his love among us. Showed his love among us. He sent his one. He sent his one. And only son. And only son. Into the world. Into the world. That we might live through him. That we might live through him. First John 4, 9. First John 4, 9. Amen. Thanks, babe. Right on. So our prayer, our logo is an arrow up, arrow down, and it's about knowing the love and being the love. Everybody point up, say, know the love. Okay, point to two other people, make some kind of awkward eye contact, okay, and say, be the love. Very awkward. Great job. Okay, so know the love, be the love. Okay, in our prayer, this is our one love anthem, all right, and it's about one minute. I've shared this with you all before, but... This is what led to the song now that, that we uh, were able to pay to have made into like a really good video. And this is what we're praying will inspire a lot more songs in a lot of different languages all around the world. So here it is. We want to be shoulder to shoulder with soldiers for God's kingdom, representing King Jesus, a slave to his freedom in him and this world of him, not this world, living solely for God's glory, proclaiming his kingdom, proclaiming one love the love of a perfect judge, a righteous, holy God whose justice won't budge, but who made a way to redeem the obscene by crushing Jesus Christ on Calvary's tree. That because of grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, God's justice is satisfied by Jesus' perfect life so we can die to our sins and live in Christ, one love. That's our prayer. We want to be shoulder to shoulder living the one love of Jesus. I'd invite Wes to come up and pray. And as you think about the race God's called you to run, would you search your heart and think about how to follow him today? And again, what's the secret to running the race and enduring? Everybody point to your, the part of your face that's the secret. 
Okay, we run your race, offer God, confess your sins, and endure. Good job. Four of you got it. Okay, point to the part of your face. Okay, your eyes. Okay, where you look is where you go. And I'll, I'll close with this um, quick truth that target fixation is when you look at something and run into it. That where you look is where you go. You can see, you know, dirt bike racers or you can look up a YouTube video and see an open field with one tree in the middle of that field. And a guy's on a dirt bike and goes right into that tree. All right. And it's because he's looking at that tree and where you look is where you go. So God calls us to look at Jesus. Our pastor in Maui, Pastor Sean Waite, he says, comparison is a thug that wants to steal your joy. You know, when we come to church with our head on a swivel and we look at everyone else around us and we compare ourselves to them, comparison is a thug that wants to steal our joy. Our background, our melanin, our weight, faith, intelligence doesn't matter when we turn our eyes on Jesus, look full in his beautiful face. The things of this earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and what? Grace. So Pleasant City Church, let's look to Jesus. Let's live holy lives looking at the most high God, following him however he's called us to follow him. So would you all bow your heads and close your eyes? And the invitation today is two things. Okay, one, maybe you've never experienced the one love of Jesus. You've never been saved from your sins. Okay, God invites you to come as you are. You're never too far gone to come to Jesus. He's right there. If that's you, you've never experienced Jesus and want to be saved today, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? We're not going to embarrass you, but we're going to invite you to respond by raising your hand so we can pray. If you've never trusted in Jesus as your Savior, today's the day of salvation. Would you raise your hand so we can pray for you? Amen. Amen. Okay, and you can put your hands down. And second, and I think there's more of us here that can fall into this camp. Maybe you are called to take a step of faith and you know clearly a specific step that God's called you to take to be the person he's called you to be. You know, and you can't grow without changing. We've witnessed that through Pleasant City Church, that if you do the same things the same way, you get the same results. Praise God that we're doing things differently and, and we're seeing God work and bring amazing results. But it, that, it, the invitation is if you are called to obey in a specific way and you need prayer, would you raise your hand so we can pray for you? That there's a specific thing that God's called you to do. Amen, all around the room. There's a specific step of faith that God's called you to take today. All right, let's pray.